welcome back to the latest and the greatest of the Blue Brothers Sportscast. Real talk, real fans, we bring you Michigan football each and every week. I'm Caleb, and with me as always is Craig, and oh my gosh, I'm just so glad we're recording tonight, because last night was stupid. Yeah, technical difficulties always. Yeah, technical difficulties happen all the time. It actually started as soon as we started trying to record... So we had to postpone it, and then I wound up going through all these avenues to try to fix it, and it turns out that my computer might have been compromised, so now I have to take it in to get checked tomorrow. So, great stuff, you know? Yeah, gotta be the Russians. Yeah, it's the Russians. I I will, well, (laughs) actually, I know it was not the Russians who I was on the phone with last night. Um, I could tell that pretty distinctly, but... uh, yeah, I, I'll still, we can blame them. Yeah. Um, but I want to give a quick shout out, if you don't mind, um, a new uh, listener who uh, contacted me and said, that, you know, she just listened for the first time and enjoyed it quite a bit. Um, she lives in Dallas, so her name is Marissa Tigney. I hope I'm not butchering her name either, but uh, really cool person. She's awesome. She was just saying how much she loved the show, and I said it's just two guys who were married and have kids married with children and have a podcast and talking football. We were not experts. We never claimed to be, but she thought we were. And I was like, well, we love football. And we just like to, it's our opinion. That's where we're opinionated, I guess at times. And, but uh new listener, pretty cool. Yeah. Awesome. Well, welcome Marissa. Thank you for that. And uh, you forgot to mention Craig. That's two awesome guys. Yeah. talk about Michigan yes. football and we're not just we're just not doing a podcast we're podcast host legends <laughs> trying to be yep yeah. yep so I said I'd give her a shout out she thought that would be really cool and so there you go Marissa awesome yeah well w- welcome hey. welcome glad to have you back and listening and everything yeah no we have a good time and um you're not allowed to put your names Craig that's my responsibility so <laughs> right yep uh, but to real quick, uh, well, hopefully real quick, I want to do a little intro before the actual episode of previewing Western Michigan at Michigan this weekend. Uh, so I'm going to preview some football with some football. So I got to go back to figuring out where I was and going with all this. Um, yes, here we go. So I don't want to dive in too, too deep. But it was discussed a lot, and we've had this conversation before, and I just realized something. I think I might clip this. I think this is going to be good enough to be clipped and be like, hey, breaking news, or this Caleb had something smart to say. Mm-hmm. All right, so we all really hate the preseason AP poll, correct? Uh, yeah, it's about a given. It's pretty – I mean, they're never accurate. Yeah, we always hate it. We always want it to go away, and we always want to dump it. Uh-huh. Was take able to... Florida State, Miami, take your pick, you know. Yep. And the other hot topic, too, going on is about the strength of schedule, out-of-conference scheduling, and things like that. Right. Because Michigan scheduled Notre Dame the first game of the season, and some people are like, we should never do that. Blah, 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 whatever. So, okay. So this is my fix to the preseason AP poll. 
and to the uh, out-of-conference scheduling stupidity. All right. I believe that every Power 5 conference team should be required to play their out-of-conference games at the beginning of the season. All three of them. Right. No, nobody plays more. Nobody plays less. Everybody plays three out-of-conference games at the beginning of the season. The first, uh, and it doesn't, and it doesn't really matter the order, but every single one of them is required to play one FCS team, one, and that's from the standpoint because I think it's a good idea to always keep one because it helps financially for the FCS schools. Uh, so we all recognize that. So I think it's important that every single one schedules just one FCS school, just one. Right. Then they can do whatever the heck they want with the other two. In the Power Five, you can do a cupcake if you want, right? Yeah, you can. You can get your. People were talking about how uh, maybe Oregon State was a cupcake, or uh, I, I don't, uh, or some people are considering maybe Western Michigan might be a cupcake, or whatever it is. Wh- whatever you want to do with any other Power Five conference team out of your conference, I don't care. So the idea is to get your three out-of-conference games done in the first three weeks, one FCS team mixed in there. Then you will play your first conference game. So this is week four. The first poll then can be released after week four. Right. End of story, end of discussion. Everybody has a better balanced opinion because you have four games under your belt three of them out of conference, one FCS team. Nobody has a complete cakewalk and can schedule a completely FCS out of conference schedule. Then you can make a better decision after you've actually seen teams play in the current season. That was pretty good. I mean, do you see like when they do put the, you know, AP poll out and they have somebody, let's say out of the top 25, but seems to be playing really, really well and rolling through, through their teams who are okay teams, is it hard for them to start moving up? I mean, usually strength of schedule, you know, is always a tough thing. Um, so, yeah. well, it's hard to see because I saw some arguments, right? That's what I don't like about it. And that's why I kind of agree with you on this whole thing is you take a team, um, who's actually playing really, really well, you give them all an even playing field and then you can kind of come around and say, Hey, you know, they're playing really well. Um, they should have every chance at getting in the top four than anybody else. But if you're slated at the, you know, number 30, you got a long climb, even if you are blowing teams out. So, yeah, well, cause there was some argument about some teams that won their games, um, against teams that had winning records last year, but then they fell in the rankings. And then there were teams that won their games, against teams that had a losing record last year, and then they moved up in the poll. So at the beginning, it's just a mess. And see, that's the thing, too, is because this also helps with the dialogue where people are concerned, which, I mean, ever, you know, well, rightfully so, I think it was more the idea of how the game played out than anything. But Michigan losing to Notre Dame, you know, 14 losing to 12, you know, that's not too bad or anything. But if it was unranked Michigan playing unranked Notre Dame of just, like, nobody's ranked – then a couple weeks later, then you can have the judgment of, okay, we've seen them play. Now we can accurately rank these teams. Right. Maybe Notre Dame can um, accurately be called, you know, a top 10 team. Right. 
right now we're just like we're praying to God that Notre Dame is a top 10 team because that would be beneficial for us knowing that we lost to one of the best teams in the country rather than losing to, you know, what was it, 2016 Notre Dame that wound up having a terrible season. Mm-hmm. So that that was my sense, my epiphany, my million-dollar idea. I don't know what you want to call it exactly, but that's yeah, what needs to be done. Yeah, they're just every year it's always the same thing. We always kind of start off going, oh, boy, why do we have these? And then they do it, but. You know, they're just going by, you know, saying things like how many veterans you have on the team, who's coming back. Look at, for instance, take a team like Miami Hurricanes. I think ninety per, over 90% of their team has their uh, same squad back. <laughs> That's crazy, isn't it, from last year? Oh, yeah. They got beat out pretty bad. <laughs> so, you know, they had them in the top – you know, I believe 10, so, and I, I would put them there, too, because they did really well last year, but then they got pretty much beat down by LSU, and so that kind of makes you go, well, uh, I don't know. We'll see. Maybe they're not gelling yet, but it seems to be Michigan's in the same boat. So. Yeah. Now, so I kind of fibbed a little bit because there's actually a little bit more football prequel or um prologue before the actual western michigan talk craig do you want me to give you the good news first or the bad news i'll take the bad news okay all right ladies and gentlemen i am uncomfortable here to announce that i'm here to ruin your friday if you're listening to this friday i'm here to ruin your day okay (laughs) all right I had this realization as I was watching a uh, rewatching the Notre Dame game and everything. And I mean, this is no big secret. Maybe somebody else has said it, but I haven't seen it, but uh, I, I start watching it and I start breaking things down. And I came to the lovely realization that um, everybody remembers, of course, Chase Winovich's um, penalty for hitting the quarterback late spearing, yeah. spearing, whatever they want to call it and everything. And, and I can understand it. And I, I, I'm upset that happened. I can understand how he did it. Uh, It was more the act of how he hit him, where he hit him, which is tough to do when you're like looking down and trying to tackle someone. Um, And I don't think it was really intentional, but it it happened. Yeah. Um, He could have been uh, more cautious or more aggressive, whatever. It is what it is. It happened. Did you put that helmet down? Yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm not overly upset. I'm, I'm more upset that it happened than you know, upset at the idea, upset at him, essentially, you know, it was just a, a, t- a terrible time for it to happen because it was the third down. And so what it lets, so if that had not happened, um, Notre Dame would have been forced to kick a field goal. And so then the final score would have been 20 points for Notre Dame. Correct. Can you right. vouch? Okay. Yep. Now let's go ahead to another part of the game where Michigan is set up to take a field goal and then they botch the snap. And they don't get the field goal. What What if Michigan had gotten that field goal? Then the score would have been 20. So yep. there was a very valid opportunity for Michigan to go and see the, the time wind down with a score of 20-20 going into overtime. And it was just like seconds inches away from that possibility. I'm not here to say, oh, Michigan should, well, first of all, yes, I think Michigan should have won that game, but that's for a billion other reasons. Right. Um, And so I'm not justifying saying, oh, Michigan is actually really good from what we saw 
Saturday, I'm not here to say Michigan uh, is going to be really good. But what I'm saying is that game was just that really honestly like that close. It could have happened. It could, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, and that's the thing is, you know, I believe, what, did they drop uh, 21 on the rankings? Yeah. Yeah, that far. I, I believe the reason they dropped so far is because, you know, the very fact is Michigan, I think, you know, the so-called people that are making these rankings and are looking at it and just saying Michigan just didn't look good, you know, all around. You know, offense, they just couldn't move the ball whatsoever. They looked no blocking. Offensive line was terrible and, you know, undisciplined in, on the defense here and there. But uh, that's I, that's why I think they dropped so far. I think if they would have made it a good game like you were talking about, the like score was kind of even or something could have happened where Michigan looked like they actually could move the ball and were trading punches. But I didn't see that in that game. I thought Notre Dame was just kind of smacking us in the mouth. And I think that second half was all Notre Dame putting their foot off the gas and really said, you know what, Michigan, you're not going to score on us. <laughs> you just, you can't do it. And we're going to kind of ease down on our defense because I know you guys can't throw the ball. And that's what they did. Yeah. yeah. Yep. I know. I, I completely agree with that too. Yeah. A lot. yeah I, it, there's always a what ifs and whatever. And, you know, and we had a lot of things not go our way. So yeah, that's, that, that's football for you. Right. I mean, it really is. Yeah. But you, you can also stay and uh, agree with me that it's tough to win in South Bend. Right. Yes. Yeah. It's a uh, tough, tough, tough area. Yeah. It's... E- even if, even if they're ne- not necessarily, not necessarily a top 10 team. Right. It's oh, yeah. it's it's a little bit like Iowa, yeah. like yep. they they might always beat you no matter what. Well, and, and the very fact it's a rivalry game, and and Notre Dame has a history of not liking Michigan and vice versa. So, yeah, and we haven't played them in what four years. Yeah. So, and the last time we played them, I think we lost what thirty-one to nothing. Yep. <laughs> so something like I don't think we scored a point last time we played them. So, yeah, it was quite a while ago. So yeah, there you All go. Right. All right. Well, now here I can give you the good news. So maybe yeah. the, maybe this was the best uh, uh, way to do it. So now we move on to good news before we break down or get into the Michigan Western Michigan game. Uh, somebody found me on Twitter. Somebody knew. I, I don't think I've ever conversed with them on Twitter before. Um, at Fresh DG thirteen forty six uh, was pointing out and saying, you know, hey, uh, look at some of the statistics from the Georgia game last year against Notre Dame and the Michigan versus Notre Dame game this year. He said there are a lot of similarities. So I went in uh, and I broke it down and I tweeted out about it. And I don't know if many people saw it. Uh, There wasn't uh, much interaction with it, but I wanted to go through it because this can put things kind of in perspective with you. So um, number 15 um, last year, it was the second week. 15 Georgia barely beat number 24 Notre Dame in South Bend. Right. It, it was 20 to 19. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jake from the quarterback for Georgia had a QBR of 17.8. <laughs> Shea Patterson uh, last weekend had a QBR of 32.4. Right. Uh, from had a completion percentage of 55%. Mm-hmm. Patterson had a completion percentage of 66%. Right. Uh, more numbers. Uh, Notre Dame versus Georgia last year had two sacks and six tackles for loss. Last weekend against Michigan, they had three sacks and seven tackles for loss. 
Okay. So not not a not a huge lot of difference right there. And then uh, Georgia, their third down efficiency against Notre Dame was twenty two percent, while Michigan this past weekend had a forty six percent. So while okay. while that while it was a completely different outcome where Georgia actually won the game, but both of them were rather close games. Mm-hmm. Um, with that. Georgia went on to win all of its regular season games, except for one, where they lost to a top 10 team by 23 points on the road. Right. And they still made it to their conference championship game, which they won. And they went to the playoffs and made it to the championship game. Right. So... Interesting. That right there says a lot because you're saying there's a chance. uh, Essentially, essentially I'm saying there's a chance. Uh, Basically what I'm kind of saying is they're both early on in the season. Uh, Notre Dame was still a good team last year. uh, And I think they still have uh, the same uh, defense, if not maybe better this year, Michigan performed well, uh, uh, relatively well. I mean, they stuck with them and even with how ugly things went, they kept it close, and they fought, and it, w- it was a close game and everything, and it's early on. It's an out-of-conference loss, uh-huh. which doesn't affect things in the conference. Georgia went on and had a conference loss and made it to their conference championship. So I, I know that there's right. a lot of things that are a little bit off and everything, but that shows you there's still opportunity there. Basically, I mean, Michigan has their whole schedule in front of them, so – they have to make adjustments. Things obviously have to change, but there the opportunity is there. Uh, a lot of I feel like a lot of people are feeling like the opportunity is just gone because there's no making it back from this, even uh, even for the conference, even though it has no bearing on the conference. Just the fact that things look so poorly and uh, so on and so forth with that. So uh, I wanted to mention that because I, honestly, I I feel like that helps support the idea of. N- all hope is not lost. Right, right. Well, and plus, you have to remember, Georgia had a not pretty good, decent uh, offensive line, and then they had Nick Chubb. So, Yeah, well, they had a decent offensive line. And, and then, then like, I think they had two running backs that are – they were great, Chubb and somebody else I can't remember. but Yeah, but they, they, perf- they had that ugly performance against Notre Dame. I mean, if they were so good, right. why didn't they do better against Notre Dame? True. True, and that's so, the thing. Is, but you know, and, and you know, you make a good point. I guess my only thing would be is Michigan has a history, even last year, of just poor offensive line play. And, oh yeah, no, no, no. I yeah. So and and Georgia didn't. You know, they come in. Yeah, I mean, it's a good. It's it means I. You know, I like the glimmer of hope because there is hope in that. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, it's tough to always. To have that knowing last year we had the same issues. So. Well, well, my part with the offense, and, and I'm not saying at all that I don't think, oh, the offense is okay. It's not bad. The offensive line is going to be okay. Um, it might be, but it, it will have to have adjustments. I don't see how if it, it's kept the same that it will um, be able to work out, but we'll see. But the main thing of comparing the offenses is Georgia – which was a very successful offensive team that you saw happen later throughout the year when they're scoring 30 plus points on people and having large margins of victory struggled against Notre Dame 
Um, their offensive line obviously had their struggles too if they weren't able to convert third downs and if they allowed two sacks and six tackles for loss. That's on the offensive line. So their offensive line, even if it was a good off or even with it being a good offensive line, didn't perform well on the road in South Bend. Right. So my idea is just kind of like, hey, yeah, it, it, there's there's potential that, you know, this is a similar track record of, hey, even though the offensive line doesn't look good against Notre Dame, there's mm-hmm. time to do more. Maybe throughout the season, things can change. People can be moved uh, and things can be simplified and so on and so forth. So, well, here's the hope in that Michigan is a 360 from last year where we're talking to you and I were saying last year, one eighty has a tendency to um, play pretty decent in the beginning of the year. And then they get to the middle and they're okay. And then they seem to just, you know, then the hard teams come around towards the end and then we just, perform badly and we just can't win and obviously having a four game loss losing streak right now isn't good so and then here's the hope in that maybe the Notre Dame game losing there and it just like you said maybe it builds on the way Georgia did was yeah they had tough games in the beginning and they seemed to have gotten better as the year got went on that's the hope in that Michigan does that this year so I'm not saying they're not gonna I, I think that's what I think I hold hope on is that they're just going to get a little bit better at every game, you know, than they did Notre Dame game. So. But, yeah. yeah. And, and that's essentially what I'm saying too. And I'm not saying that that's what's going to happen, but I'm right. kind of essentially just alluding to that potentially could happen, right. uh, but something has to change. So yep. two things to say from this before, hopefully finally, finally moving on. I have so much to mention, but excuse me um the so basically it's like michigan cannot let this game define them like this cannot define their season they have to get that mentality that this is not going to define their season and they have to change it now i I want to mention this too and hopefully it doesn't get into a longer conversation um but if people listen to harbaugh this week and what he was saying it um Harbaugh hasn't changed. So people need to recognize that Harbaugh is not going to really is not going to come out and tell us what he's going to do. When uh, he got rid of um, Drevno, he didn't come out and, you know, say anything bad about Drevno uh, say, you know, somebody's got, he's got to do a better job or anything like that. He did things behind the scenes by himself. Right by himself or with the coaches himself, there was no public information until it was a done deal. He keeps it in house. He really does. Not like coaches, but he he certainly does a good job with doing that. And that's the same thing with players. And so I think it's important to note that when people are asking, Hey, what changes are you going to make on the offensive line? Because it didn't do a good job. He said that he thought there was improvement and he thinks that they're going to go with the same game plan for Western Michigan. All hell broke loose. I'm not going to say that he's a he's lying, but he's not going to come out and tell you what he's going to do. No. For, he, for many he, reasons. House, he's not going to tell you. I don't yeah. know people think that he's just going to come out and say, you know, that, you know, maybe he's just playing. You know, maybe, you never know. He's not going to. Why would he give out something that's going to get the other opponent any kind of indication what we're doing? Yeah. And, and why is he going right. to? He is. Uh, 
I'm not saying that never influences him, but I really honestly don't think it does. But he's never going to allude or give you information that he's feeling the pressure from other people, so he's going to change something then. He's going to change what he feels that he needs to and what he converses with his coaches, with his dad, with his peers about and everything. So, yeah, he's not going to tell you. So very very easily, honestly, uh, he could go out there with five completely different people on the uh, uh, offensive line like he yep. could. Yep. Um, and it doesn't matter what he said. Like talking he's about Thomas. Yeah. Talking about maybe using him on offense and like, yeah, yeah. And he might not, he may he never not. use Ambry yeah. Thomas on offense. He is, yeah. he is not going to tell us. So I don't understand. I mean, obviously people taking it for face value are going to get worried and kind of freaked out from what was from him saying, Oh, we're not going to change anything. But you're not you're not recognizing who's saying this. This is Jim Harbaugh. He's not gonna come out and tell you what he's doing. He's a moving target, man. Yeah, he's just like uh, yeah. he's it, even look at him when he talks. He is uh, uh, honestly the way that he looks when he does press conference conferences talking about the team. Uh, you, you can you can tell you can tell when he's being real, in my opinion, because um, you look at the. Um, the video from um, the documentary last year and some of the early press conferences when he first got at Michigan before he really started coaching and everything, mm-hmm. he, uh, he had more, you know, life to him and he was, you know, flying by the cuff and he was just, he was talking, he was conversing, you know, it, it wasn't not necessarily scripted, but he wasn't thinking about what he was saying. He was just casual with it. Right. When he does press conferences about the team, you see him pause. You see him think. Yeah. You you see him very focused because he's not telling you anything. He's making sure, uh, like honestly, it's it's like he's not trying to tell you anything. He's trying to come out with the mo- and P- and you can even see the frustration because I get it. I mean, we're not press, but w- we we get we can understand that where if you're trying to get information someone out of someone and they just give you generic answers back and forth or very elusive answers, you're gonna kind of I mean, you're gonna get disappointed or frustrated, and you see that in a lot of the pref- press conferences. I think it was even in the documentary where, uh, um. Uh, so, oh, I'm blanking on names. It was, uh, somebody asked him something and the press kind of laughed because the answer didn't even really answer anything. Right. And that, that's what Jim Harbaugh does. He's not going to give you an answer. He's, he doesn't give out depth charts and uh, all this information and all these different things. He doesn't talk a lot about injuries. He never has and he never will. And so he's never going to show his hand. He doesn't want to show it op- to opponents, but also he's, he doesn't, I feel like he has a little bit of a love-hate relationship with the press because he's kind of like, I could care less. I'm not going to tell you what I'm going to do. Right. And he, or he'll throw in some sort of an, an analogy about something, and it's really off-the-cuff weird, like the whole nervous chicken and something weird. Well, the baby one, too. He did, he right. did the baby story. Yeah, and he'll say something like that, and then most of the reporters will be kind of thrown off, and I think he does that on purpose. Yeah, <laughs> like, but no. Try to figure that one out. I'll see you later. <laughs> yeah, but no, see, that's a perfect example in the documentary where you can see where he's being real and where he's just flying right. off the cuff and he's being casual. That that story about the baby. Yeah. He's animated. He's like, he's walking around. He's moving I mean, his arms. I mean, there's some, you know, there's talk about Jim Harbaugh in a way, you know, I've had talks about people saying, 
Has Jim Harbaugh, I'm not talking about interviews, you know, throw that out. I'm talking about on the field that Jim Harbaugh does act differently in his demeanor than he has in the past. You know, very, he, he's not very animated like he used to. You know, you know, that fire under his gut when something's wrong, you know. To me, I see that. I saw that in that game quite a bit, that he wasn't, you know, as much as animated as he should. But and I'm like, huh, I don't know if you noticed that, but I have. I yeah, I, I noticed that differently. Yeah, I did notice that, and I've seen some people talk about it, and I think it's simply one of those things where it's down to business. Like, not saying that he never took it serious before, but it's just like he's coming off of an eight and five season. Right. It's 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 right. like buckle down and you know get in the grind, and we've got to. He knows that they've got to do something, and not necessarily saying. I don't think he feels like I need to change how I act. I, part of it uh, might be I think um, he doesn't want to have anything stupid like that penalty in the 2016 Ohio State game happen. But I think right. it's more from the standpoint of this is this is serious. Like this is not at all where I want this to be, um, and we need to focus extra hard and you know put an extra effort and everything. So I think it's just like a, another level of focus for him. Right, um, right. So not to say if he if he changes back that the team won't be as good or anything, but I think just right now it's, you know, it's serious business. So, Right. And then the whole talk of obviously being interviewed, you know, with athletic director Ward Manuel and then the president talking about Harbaugh being on the hot seat. That's not the case. He's got a four-year contract. It's not happening, but um, – you know, the only hot seat I would say would remotely happen would be if it was the athletic director <laughs> of the president. So I don't know. It's you know, I I'm I'm uh, let's see how this year plays out. But you know, it it is what it is. I don't I don't think he's going anywhere. I it, you know I just know that Jim Harbaugh is here to stay, and I know he wants to win. I mean, we know that. I don't think he's just like, I'm frustrated because I don't know what to do. I just think that maybe, like we were saying, is I think at, he needs to relinquish maybe some of that power on offense and give it to somebody else. And that might be the case. Somebody who's really good at play calling, um, somebody who's up up to this time, uh, like 2018 in, uh, in college football and the play calling, like uh, – uh, Lane Kiffin did for um, Alabama, you know, came in there and he really changed that program around on offense. So maybe he needs that, but uh, we'll see. Yeah. And um, I'll say this too. I think that Jim Harbaugh will stay around until he feels, because I don't think he's going to leave until he feels like he's been successful. Right. I don't think, because everywhere he has gone, he has been successful, and he has moved on then from that success. I know thing uh, of how things ended at San Francisco, where he was forced to leave. Right. But this is not like from San Diego State. He got that back up and running, and then he moved on. Uh, Stanford, he got things working well, and he moved on from that, uh, and things of that nature. So honestly, I don't see him moving on from Michigan until he feels that he has been successful, whether that is just winning big 10 championship or ships or winning a national title or what it's, 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 I, I really do feel and almost uh, want to guarantee that it's p 
putting Michigan back in a stable position of, you know, 9, 10, 11, 12 wins, constant basis, winning the Big Ten title or competing for the Big Ten title on a regular basis and things like that, not an annual basis, but a regular basis and things like that. So, um, yeah, I don't, I don't see. Why would you be successful at San Diego and then you said uh, Stanford and then you go on to the NFL and you're successful at San Francisco, bring, take them to the, the Super Bowl. And then you're going to go to your alma mater where you played football and then you were going to fail. <laughs> it's yeah. like, no, he loves Michigan. He is all about, he is Michigan through and through. His whole family is. Uh, he would never do that. I mean, I think I think you're right. I think he wants to get Michigan to where they win a lot, and then they, he's just, and then he probably will leave. You know, go do something else, and then yeah. get somebody else in here. And trust me, I think Jim Harbaugh will leave when Jim Harbaugh wants, right? Mm-hmm. And then if Jim Harbaugh leaves, Jim Harbaugh will pick the predecessor. <laughs> so he'll pick the guy who's coming in. So yeah, he'll the- probably have a hand in that. Yeah, I feel like uh, and. Okay, we're dragging this on really long, but when he leaves, which honestly I do anticipate that he will leave once, you know, he has found success, whatever level he wants to have it at, um, that he will only leave to go to the NFL to work at that missed opportunity of winning a Super Bowl as a coach. Um, But other than that, I think uh, that Michigan is his biggest interest on trying to get that back to uh, the stage that was. So that's a lot of talk you know, between last week, the situation, and I feel like people need to hear it and everything. It's just kind of like, don't people don't freak out about what Jim Harbaugh says, because essentially Jim Harbaugh is saying nothing. Pretty much. Yep. It's like the Seinfeld show. It's all, it's a show about nothing. So So don't, don't, don't worry about it. People. I, I, I honestly believe everything will be okay with uh, Jim Harbaugh. And I, I, the, the season will be okay. I'm not saying that's going to be like undefeated from here on now. I have to see how things plan out, but I, I do honestly believe and feel comfortable saying everything's going to be okay to a certain degree. So, um, all right. Western Michigan. One yeah. thing. So we're here week two of college football and something real quick. Cause we're going to be talking about, you know, how our offenses, their offense, defense ranking rankings and all sorts of things like that. I've got some here for you, though. Okay. Breaking news. This may have never happened in history ever before. Okay. Rutgers officially has a better defense than Michigan. <laughs> based <laughs> ca- on stats? Based, based, on, based completely on stats off of week one. Okay, right. <laughs> so I, I just had to share that. I know it's completely bogus and everything considering who Michigan played and Oh gosh! All of a sudden, now I'm blanking on specifically what team Rutgers played in Week One, but I had to share that. I thought it was just a little bit funny. So, yeah, that is funny. And that's that's overall defense and everything. But uh, okay, yeah, row the boat, man. Yep, row. Uh, well, is it is Western Michigan? Western Michigan still isn't row the boat, is it? I think uh, Minnesota took that over, right? Yeah, but I'm saying it. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, they played Texas. He took that with them, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Rutgers played Texas State just for some context. Okay. All right. Um, so Western Michigan is coming to Ann Arbor, home opener for Michigan. 
Uh, unranked team, Western Michigan, is 0-1. They played Syracuse last week, uh, which was quite kind of like a crazy, ugly game. Uh, the score, final score was 55-42. Um, and Michigan is now, like you said earlier, Craig, ranked 21 in the AP poll. Uh, looking for a huge opportunity here to see something better from the offense. And we'll get into that. Right. Uh, to put some information out there, let's see here. I want to put right now, and this is how messed up the stats are after just one week. Technically, right now, Western Michigan has a better offense than Michigan. 600 total yards against Syracuse. <laughs> yeah, 600, <laughs> over 600 yards against nah, Syracuse nah. in a loss. Yep. And so, yes, the stats are going to say Western Michigan has a better offense. But that yep. yeah. that is totally out of context. So Western Michigan currently is ranked at the 11th offense. Yep. Uh, and then Michigan comes in at 105th. And here just goes to prove the fact of how – uh, how you cannot talk, uh, how like messed up they are, especially early on in the season about the overall offensive rank, offensive and defensive rankings. Michigan's offensive ranking is before Notre Dame. <laughs> yeah, right. Michigan is 105 and Notre Dame is 109. So, yeah. So take it for what it's worth. It's one week of games. It, it you got to wait until like the halfway mark or further to be able to get that balance of, hey, we're actually playing, you know, a variety of opponents we can see success and difficulties and things like that so anyways take take that for what it's worth uh now end of the season stats are more important in my opinion so here uh for the total defense last year at the end of the season western michigan finished ranked 55th uh so to put put that in perspective so here we are now in 2018 and they play syracuse who's not exactly any kind of a juggernaut um, but Syracuse puts up, like I said, 55 points against their defense. Right. And then. Well, and, what, and Syracuse rushed, I think, over 300 yards. Yeah, they right. had. Right. So yeah. no defense on these two teams. Yeah, this was like completely off, and which was crazy because I watched part of the film on this game, and at the beginning, Western Michigan couldn't do anything. It was like 17 or 20 to zero before Western Michigan finally got points. And was it even the second half? Maybe it was the second half. I'm not sure. Uh, no, they got some in the first half, uh, first quarter. So, yeah, at halftime, it was 34 to seven. Right. And then um, Western Michigan, if you want, I call it, mounted a comeback and made it at least somewhat a close of a score. Uh, so, Western Michigan is led by. Um, John Wazink, 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 right. Wazink. Thank you. I couldn't remember how they pronounced it. He's a junior quarterback. Um, he kind of reminds me of uh, Shea Patterson. He's more of a pocket passer and everything, but he will use his feet to uh, to gain some yards. Sometimes I think he'll he'll probably wind up doing it more than Shea Patterson does. But um, he wa- he did go a little bit mobile, but he's far from between a dual threat quarterback. Um, so he went 19 for 36 passing 379 yards, three touchdowns, two interceptions against this Syracuse defense that led up over 600 yards of offense. (laughs) 
So, yeah, these two teams accumulated for over a thousand yards of offense in one game. Well, yeah. And, you know, the Broncos were, I believe, six and six last year. So, you know, they were okay. And um, it looks like they do have a dynamic offense, you know, no kidding. They really do under um, Tim Lester. So, um, like you said, was Inc. I believe last year he played injured, so he only played about eight games. So he had 14 touchdowns and four interceptions. Not bad. So Michigan's gonna have to be on their toes because we got we're we're looking at a team. Well, what's weird about this game is because here you got a team like Western, all about offense, which Michigan lacks, and Michigan's got good defense, which Western lacks. <laughs> So this will be really interesting what happens in this game. But, yeah, you're right. I mean, they, they have a capable quarterback that likes to throw it. So Yeah, Michigan has to do something against a team like this. They just, they just have to. Honestly, right. they do. Like, yeah. this, this is a team that they should be able to honestly completely dominate. Not saying that they shouldn't score a single point. I mean – Really, truthfully, honestly, I think that they could do that where they wouldn't score a single point. But this is one of those games that you look at, especially after the uh, what they did last week. They need to come out. They need to do something different. They need to prove it. This cannot go like it did last year where you have your first couple games in the big house against some of these easy teams. Well, okay, Air Force is always a mess to handle, but Cincinnati and things like that. And you have a extremely slow start and can barely get a lead on them. Right. Right. Yeah. So we, this needs to be different. Like if you're saying things are different, if the team, uh, if the players are coming out and saying that things are different this year, if the coaches are coming out uh, and of course this isn't coming from Harbaugh, but other ones saying, you know, we've got uh, depth, we've got, you know, great things are looking great yeah. this year. We've seen changes from last year to this year. If that's true, if any of that is true, you have to see it in this game. There has to be something. There's none of this um, stuff of, oh, well, we'll see progress over the first few games. No, it needs to start right away. And right. also, um, I heard some people talking about this and everything, and it's just like, oh, well, maybe they're saving some of the, their plays for conference games and not using it during out-of-conference games. I'm not getting stuck in that dialogue again because yeah. we talked about that. Yeah. Michigan will specifically – Will hopefully we didn't see it against Notre Dame, but right. we saw it against teams like Ohio State last year. Michigan will often specifically game plan for specific teams, and they'll do a heck of a good job with it. Right. I don't right. necessarily think that that means that they're holding plays specifically till then. I think that they like prepare for them at that time. Mm -hmm. uh, that's kind of just a personal thing for me, but. I'm not going to go on that whole dialogue of, oh, the reason why our offense is struggling is because we're saving all our good plays for the later games. No. The reason right. our offense is struggling is because our offense was not doing well and was not performing well. Right. Right. And you're going to have to account for uh, uh, Wazen, his uh, number one target is uh, Eskridge. And they do racked up uh, 240 yards on Syracuse in receiving, so in two touchdowns. So you Whoever's on him, I don't know who's going to be ghosting him, but somebody's going to have to watch that guy because he did really, really well, and that's his number one target. So, um, And I believe he had another uh, receiver, um, Jalen Reed. Jaden Reed, I think he hauled in like 121 yards. So, yeah, they like to wing it. So that'll be really interesting. I think uh, Wazing's going to really test our corners and our safeties. So we're going to have to be really – 
ready for that. So, yeah, um, uh, for sure. And we will see a familiar face uh, for those yeah. of you who might not realize um, there is a former Michigan Wolverine that transferred to Western Michigan. Uh, Drake Harris is on the uh, going to be on the other side of the ball this game. <clears throat> yep. Yeah. Well, you know, I'd be la- I would. It'd be. Well, I don't know. It'd be great. But also, no, I don't want him to. But what if he balled out on us? <laughs> I'd just be like, that'd be terrible. That'd be terrible. I'd go, man, you're in Michigan. He had so many, you know, so unfortunately, he's so many health issues, you know, with his body. But um, he has a lot of skill and talent, just his body won't let him. Um, and it's not his fault. But uh, yeah, I hope he does well, but not in this game. Yeah, <laughs> very good. Yeah, he can do all he wants in, in his right. conference games, yeah. but this game, no, not allowed. Um, yeah, so we'll see. Um, so mean, really plays into our offensive line in Higdon, right? You talk about the Syracuse running all over Western. This is like the perfect setup for an offensive line to block well for Higdon and Evans to get in space and able to run all over this team. If Syracuse was, why couldn't I? Why couldn't we? We have the more talented players. So this is a real – this should show a lot on our offense of line on what we should be doing and the way we should be blocking. So, Yeah, no, for sure. And, uh, it, yeah, it, well, exactly kind of what I was going to before, where it's just like this is where we need to see something. We don't need to see everything. But you, right. uh, we, with the struggles that we saw last week, they need to come out focus there there can be none of this oh we came out flat in the first half it's like no right you need to play for every second of every minute of every quarter you need to show it you guys need to be focused you guys um need to game plan and everything this is the uh i don't know i'll just go back to last year this cannot go like last year right so but uh, but yeah. So as we've seen, um, obviously, it's a weird first week. A ton of offensive yards. Honestly, Michigan should put up a ton on these guys too because Syracuse was able to put up how how much was it? Sorry, uh, five hundred five hundred. Syracuse put five hundred and sixty yards up on these guys. Yeah. <laughs> For the love of God, yeah. please, Michigan has to do something similar to that. Because yeah. if we're going to come out here and say, hey, guess what? Syracuse did a better job on the road against Western Michigan offensively than Michigan did at the big house. Right. That's wow. going to be ugly dialogue after when that I game. We talked about this. We said that is this game defining moment? In some respects, kind of, yeah, because you got they have to build momentum and they have to get this offense down because I'm telling you, man, I am sick and tired. I, I, I question every time they're on the ten yard line or the five yard line. If they struggle against this Western Michigan team to punch in a TD easily, then I'm going to be really, really worried. Like you were talking about, if this game goes to the, you know, Western keeps this game close to the third quarter, we're in trouble this whole year. And I, and if we're, and, and it'll be telling if we're on that ten or. T- five yard line and we're having a hard time punching it in even throwing a ball even running it in i'm going to be really really worried about this offense and it really comes down to this kind of game 
like you said, this should be easy to get touchdowns on this team. If we don't, Michigan's going to have a long year, man. They really will. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Gosh, I, I just cannot, like, I, I can't imagine what it would be like if there's, I'm not saying that they have to get 506 yards, but they probably need to at least put up 400 on these guys if Syracuse was able to put up 560. Right. So, I mean, we saw what uh, Cincinnati was able to do with us is Michigan gets caught in big plays. You notice that is they always get caught in big plays, um, you know, because Don Brown does a good job of blitzing. But, you know, sometimes he blitzes too much and he gets caught with big plays and big plays happen on Michigan all the time for big yards. And that's what I worry about with this team um, is is Western capable of having big plays on on Michigan? Yeah, of course they are. You know, you don't think they're studying the Notre Dame film. You don't think they're studying from last year. Um, of course they are. They're looking at all that stuff, and and they know that they go. Look, this is a team that if we come out just gunslinging, we can keep catch them off guard. And um, they got to be really, really ready. They really do. Yeah, and and what happened last time? I didn't. We didn't even mention this in the breakdown. I think uh, in our recap episode, what happened against uh, Notre Dame? The defense got behind Winbush. Yep. And yep. there, and I heard other people breaking it down too, where it's just like, okay, that's not you. That's not always the end of the world. But so we have outside pressure, but there was no inside pressure. So all yep. he had to do was step up, and he'd have time in the pocket, or he'd have space no then. Pocket. Right. I he'd have. Chop blocks by the, you know, by the, by Higdon or anybody that should be chop blocking some of those guys that come inside. That's what they should be doing. And they're not, they weren't doing that. Yeah. <laughs> so. Well, even, even on, on the defensive side though, like the, our defense got behind their, their quarterback, which I, I was just like, I don't want to see because basically, especially with a dual threat quarterback, that just gives the opportunity one to step up in the pocket. If you don't have the pressure in the middle or for them to run out and Michigan didn't have the pressure in the middle and so that extra second or whatever where you get behind him instead of being in front, like behind him, not coming in from the side, but actually behind him. Because uh, when Chase Winovich uh, got that penalty and everything, he was coming in from the side mostly, maybe a yep. little bit behind, but mainly mainly the side, which was fine and everything because you're still kind of keeping him contained and behind the line. But when you get behind him, you push him forward, and then especially with a dual threat quarterback, there he goes. Yep. So – uh, just to throw that out there and everything, it's just like we don't want to see that. More pressure in the middle. Um, get the guys to come from the sides, but don't get behind them. Like uh, I know, of course, you know they'll get blocked outside and blocked behind them, and that that'll be the skill of the offensive line pushing our defense around. But just to mention that, don't want to see that happening. But I mean, this can be a game where they could roll up forty points right on them easily. If they hit, you know, the offense is clicking, start clicking. And this this is where we're talking about. This is the game, this game right here. This is the game where you can get your reserves playing, right? You yep. can get your, your second string, your third strings in there and start playing. You can get McCaffrey getting more playing time so he's ready. You can get um, even Milton that you know, gets down to that. Um, you can play uh, <coughs> uh, some of the other guys. And I'm like, this is perfect. This is what we talked about last year, but Michigan has a hard time blowing teams out. I don't know what it is, but I always look at it as you, you got to get these reserves playing. So. Yeah, dude, I want to call Dylan, Mc, Dylan McCaffrey might be my, I, I know this is like way off the, uh, 
out of nowhere and everything, but uh, he might be my favorite player right now. He the, looks dude, the, he? the dude's like Iceman. I know. That's why I said. I go, you know what? You know what kind of quarterback we need? Somebody that takes like criticism or anything and just like it rolls right off me. I don't care. Right? Well, dude. Yeah. Well, dude. This is <clears throat> this is first. It and wins it. Yeah. This is the first time that he comes in, and I know he didn't like. Of course, uh, Patterson came back in and everything, but he was out there multiple times. Um, very poised in one of the most hostile environments that right. anybody is going to see this time. season. Right. Yeah. First and time. yeah, first time. And he, he did like, he did everything he was supposed to do. He did a good job. Yeah. He did a great job. And you know, I was part of me. It was just like, oh, keep him out there. Keep, you know, if, Shea, if, if Shea's cramping, you know, keep him on the side and maybe we'll go with the guy that right now it seems to be doing a little bit better. So you never know, or handling pressure maybe a little bit better. I mean, both of them were under pressure, but uh, yeah, you're right. I mean, that's good to know. Well, it, that's one thing Michigan can actually hang their hat on and say, we got two good quarterbacks at Michigan. <laughs> so in case, you know, something happens to one, we got another one. So that's yeah. great. That's great news. It really is. For sure. So, um, okay. Uh, I know we didn't really get in and break things down a lot by the numbers. It, it's tough. It's always tough doing the numbers for the first week game. You're basing everything off the previous season numbers. And it's also almost equally difficult to do after the first week because you only have one game to base it off of. So it's if it's a loss, usually the numbers aren't very good and everything, which actually both these teams are coming in 0-1. So one of these is going to step away with the victory. I mean, I think we all feel that we know what's going to happen, just not exactly what the narrative is going to be. Um, but let's go ahead and dive kind of further, uh, go into thoughts, predictions, lock it, dump it, and things like that. So Michigan, number 21, is coming in as the uh, 27 and a half point favorite. Mm. Uh, the over-under for the game is 56. Okay. So if, what would that be? Uh, I don't know. I'm, I can't do math on the whim like that. I should have done beforehand. Anyway, so keep that in mind. <clears throat> but we'll go ahead and move to lock it or dump it. You ready for that, Craig? Yep. Okay. All right. Let's see. Let me put this in context because where was it? Wait for it. Uh, there it is. Okay. So put this in perspective. Syracuse had a long, the longest passing uh, touchdown that they had uh, for the day was 50 yards. Okay. Locker dump, Michigan will have a touchdown pass, a passing touchdown longer than 45 yards. That's the question? That is the question. Locker dump, Michigan will have a touchdown pass of 45 yards or longer. Dump it. Dump it? Yep. All right. I'm a little surprised by that, but I can totally understand because of how difficult or bad the offensive was looking before. I will go ahead and go opposite you. I will lock that. Mm, wow. Because, um, because we saw what Nico Collins was able to do when Shea Patterson had a little bit of time, one time, and he was right. able to have a great reception I, uh, offhand. I cannot remember how far it was. I'll try to find that here in a second. Um, but uh, doing it. Yeah, I'm saying I, I don't think those tackles can. <laughs> that left side tackle part, I don't think he can hold off. 
<laughs> oh, you don't think um, you don't think that he's gonna have time to throw? No. I mean, yeah. I mean, obviously Notre Dame's far superior defense than than Western, but I just think that you're just gonna say all we have to do is get pressure on this guy or this these tackles. So. Yep. Nope. That's that's perfect. Uh, perfectly good response and everything. So, uh, yeah, the long reception was 52 yards for Nico Collins, and it was not a touchdown. So right. to put that out there as well. So making sure that I have it before we move on to the next one. I locked it. You dumped it. And the next one I have here is Michigan will only allow up to four tackles for loss slash sacks. Mm. So last time, last game they had 10. Yeah. Three sacks, uh, seven tackles for loss. Yep. I'm saying... Locker dump, Michigan will only allow up to four. So there will not be more than four, essentially. It's either four uh, four or less or five or more. Oh, okay. So. I'll lock it. I'll say four or less. You'll lock it? Yeah. For four or less. Yep. Sounds good. And I will jump on board with that lock, actually, because uh, I think – Man, I'm, I'm, I, this, this is wishful thinking on my fart, uh, my fart, <laughs> appropriate on my part. Hopefully they don't fart and take a dump on the field. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I believe that they will do better. There'll, there'll be hurries and uh, quarterback rushes and everything like that. But as far as tackles for loss slash, uh, uh, slash sacks, I think it's going to be four or less. So we both right. have a lock on that. Mm-hmm. All right, so we're we're sticking with the offense here, man, because the offense was the thing that was the ugly duckling last week. Michigan will have both a running back and a wide receiver with over a hundred yards. Mm. Lock or dump? I'll lock, I'll lock that. Lock that. Yep. <sighs> I'm having a little bit of a hard time with this. I, I really honestly believe that there will be two running backs with over 100 yards with okay. uh, Evans and Higdon. So doing the receiver, I want to say yes, especially considering that I'm saying that there's going to be a touchdown longer than <laughs> yeah, 45 yards. Go back to, you're right. So <clears throat> but, but I also feel like it might turn into one of those things where it's just like, okay, let's just run the ball and get the game over with kind of a thing. Okay. At a certain point, but I could be, or put, or, you know, maybe it does turn into that ideal situation that we're looking for where they start putting in, you know, the, the backups or the second string or whatever you want to say. So then maybe that receiver won't quite get that opportunity to get the hundred yards, but I, I'm going to go with it and I'm, I'll lock it. Okay. I'll lock it as well. So we were all the same, mostly there except for the first one. So. There we stand with the lock it or dump it section. Um, can't remember exactly what order we. Oh yeah, no. I think did we do the game prediction or did we do the picking against the spread first last week? No, I'm not sure. Hmm. Um, let's go ahead and just move with uh, picking against the spread. 
Yep. Uh, with the Big Ten games. So, Big Ten games for this week. Uh, we always pick something that's not the Michigan game. So, uh, starting with the early games, uh, Duke or Northwestern is hosting Duke and okay. is negative three. Or, yeah, Duke is favored by three points. So, they're at uh, minus three. Uh, Eastern Michigan is going to Purdue, where Purdue is favored by 16.5 points. Mm-hmm. Uh, New Mexico is going to number five, Wisconsin, where Wisconsin has a 34.5 point um, margin, a 34.5 point uh, margin. Colorado is going to Nebraska, where, interestingly enough, this is going to be the first game for Nebraska. Their last one got canceled. Uh, because of weather. So Colorado going to Nebraska, where Nebraska is only favored by three and a half points. Mm. Big 10 matchup of the weekend. Rutgers is going to number four, Ohio State, where Ohio State is favored by 34 and a half points. Uh, rivalry game alert. Iowa State is going to Iowa. This is always one of my favorite games of the year, usually very entertaining. Yeah. It um, is. Iowa is only uh, Iowa. The home team is only favored by four points. Uh, Maryland is going on the road to Bowling Green, where they are a sixteen-point favorite. Western Illinois is going to Illinois, and actually, I do not have a point spread for that, so it might just be an even game. Uh, so it might just be straight up. Um, Virginia is going to Indiana, where Indiana is a six and a half point favorite. Fresno State is going to Minnesota. Uh, with Minnesota only being a a two-and-a-half-point favorite. Uh, Another, actually, rivalry game where 13 Penn State is going on the road to Pittsburgh, where Penn State has a nine-point advantage. And number 15, Michigan State, also going on the road to Arizona State, where they are only a six-point favorite. Mm. Wow. So, Craig, do you want to pick one of those? I'm going to pick Maryland at Bowling Green. Oh, you're going to go with Maryland. Again, you, yeah. Yeah, but they, uh, it didn't work for you last time. You, you know, voted I against know. them. Yeah, I just, you know, I think Maryland's got a good, pretty good team and a good win against Texas. And I don't, you know, if they can put those many points on Texas, they should be able to easily do it against uh, Bowling Green. Okay. So, those are some good ones. I mean, you have a lot of them in there you can pick, so... Yeah, there's some of them. I, like part of me uh, with how everything happened with Utah State this last week, wanted to take Michigan State, but they just said that Arizona State might be without one of their big offensive players, so I don't want to take that risk. Uh, Penn State played a close one with App State, but it's a rivalry game. I never really want to take a rivalry game. Uh, I feel like that's never a good idea. Minnesota played pretty well, and so I I don't know that Fresno State is really that good. Um. Oh, man, it's tough. Yeah. It's really tough. So I think... Mm, I think I'm going to take Fresno State, Minnesota. I think I'm going to take Minnesota covering the two and a half points. Oh, that's a good bit. Mm-hmm. I can see that. So we'll... Uh, we will see how that goes. All right. Okay. So we will go into predictions for Saturday. I will go first this time because you went first last time. All right. 
So we will do, do score predictions, all this fantastic stuff. Let's get the music on. Okay. I, I think uh, this better not turn out like 2017. I think being at home, being against Western Michigan that had the game that they that that poor performance that they did at home last week, Michigan is going to take advantage of it. I think they're going to get on. Uh, I don't know if I necessarily say, want to say on fire, but I think they're going to pull together that they're going to do well. I think things will deceivingly look very good for the offensive line. Obviously when they're playing a completely or, uh, or a lesser opponent, a lesser aggressive defensive line, they will be able to look better. Um, but I'm predicting that will not be the struggle that we had last year, that Michigan will be able to handle it well. But I don't necessarily think that it's going to be the huge offensive breakout that everybody wants it to be. Right. I think it's going to be a little bit of a grind. There'll be points put up on the board and everything, but still going to be kind of slow. But the offensive line, offensive line will be able to do what it needs to. Running backs will be able to get yards. Shea Patterson will be able to uh, throw things up in the air. air will be able to gain yards. I want us to blow the stats out of the water that Syracuse put up. But I, I'm reserved because right. of the history that Michigan has had between last season and how, the, how this one has already started. So I, I'm going to come out and I'm going to say this. I'm going to be like, Michigan, I said this last season a couple times, and I may have even said it last weekend, for last weekend. Michigan, prove me wrong. Right. I, I'm going to take Michigan winning this. Mm-hmm. But I am going to go with... Michigan 34 Western Michigan 10 okay so they will uh, they'll put up some points and everything it, it won't be a huge spectacle or anything but yeah I think uh, I think uh, Western will get some like late late scoring opportunity maybe they'll get their field goal in the first half and then maybe a late touchdown or something like that but i i i honestly believe that michigan can do better than this but i i need to see something first before i start spitting out better or bigger predictions than this yeah i hear you i mean i'm in the same boat is basically what you're looking at is michigan's offensive line against western michigan's defense uh, pass rush. that's what it is so and you're right i'm i'm Every time I seem to think this is the kind of game, this should be a game where we put up 40-something points, right? And you and I are kind of like there, and we, and we should, because given the history of Michigan, these are the games you put up 40 easily. And Michigan has not shown it in the past. Uh, last year, he hasn't shown it now, and I'm, I'm skeptical. And somehow, these are the kind of games I all want to go in the 30s, but I'm not going to do it this time. I'm not, I'm not going to. I'm not going to be sucked in on that. I said in the last game, I'm going to say Michigan gets 28 points, and I think uh, I think Western gets 13, and I still think Michigan wins it, but I'm not going to give them the 30 just based on this uh, this team. So. Okay. Yeah. I, so we, I say prove me wrong, too. I'm like, I want to see it. I want to be proven wrong. So. Yep. 
And so we are both going with the under. We are both going um, with the <clears throat> uh, Michigan not covering the spread. Oh, and that's something that I need to calculate yeah, for last I, week. Yeah, told me spread. I said nope. So, yeah. I mean, it very well could. It could. But it's we haven't seen it in quite a while. <laughs> so. Yeah. So, yeah, there, there you have it. Um, those are our predictions for that. I I want to say more, you know, but but yeah, that's the that's the thing, you know. We got we got to see it, and that's part of the thing where it comes in, where it's just kind of like this is essentially similar to the ranking system that we talked about at the very beginning. It's just like we have nothing to base this off of, <laughs> right. uh, except for one very poor performance. So that's what we're basing it off of, and it's just like here you go. Yep. yep. So. This team, uh, we believe this team is capable, but we need to see something between week one and week two. We need to see something these next couple weeks. And like I said last week, or uh, in the recap episode from Notre Dame, where people are just like, oh, yeah, well, we'll really find out what this team is when they play uh, Western and SMU. And it's just like, no. I mean, you'll get an idea, but you won't really know because Western and SMU are far from what Notre Dame is and what Wisconsin and Ohio State and all those other teams are. Yeah, this team needs to taste what it feels like to actually throw a touchdown. It really does. It's been a long time since we have TDs through the air. So, And long ones, too. I'm talking about, you know, like you're talking about the 45 yards, the big plays. I mean, when's the last time Michigan's had a big play, a throwing play, except that Nico Collins throw? I mean, that's that's been a while. Yep, absolutely. Uh, something else that I wanted to point out, um, just here kind of quickly, how I said, um, was saying before, yeah, you can only take offensive rankings and defensive rankings, uh, you know, at face value after week one. But something interesting kind of point out, and I know that they're a relatively decent program and everything, but Wisconsin played Western uh, Kentucky last week. Yeah. Michigan's defense ranks better than Wisconsin's defense right now. Yeah. Wow. Uh, even though Wisconsin played Western Kentucky and Michigan played Notre Dame. Right. So I still believe in the defense. I still – I know the first half was ugly. I know we lost Mo Hurst and some other players and everything, but I really believe that defense will be there. And that's and some what some other people were saying. It's like this team needs to be able to rely on each other. It's not the team relying on the defense. The defense needs to be able to rely on the offense at times as well. Yeah. That – I think we will see here with Western Michigan and SMU where it's like, okay, when we need you offense, will you be able to do it? So Nebraska will be very telling for us, but we, we do need to see something new here with Western Michigan. I agree. Yep. Sure do. Oh man. Um, Gosh, I feel like, I know we covered a lot and everything. We didn't do a lot with the specific preview information against Western Michigan and Michigan. Did I miss that? We, we covered everything, didn't we? Yeah. Good. Yeah, we did. Okay. It just feels kind of weird. Like maybe we, we missed something or skimmed over some, but yep. So there you go. Previewing Western Michigan versus Michigan. Uh, that game will be coming at you at noon on Saturday. So, uh, oh man, there was some, something else I was going to say. Yeah, uh, an- another thing, another reminder here before we let you guys go. We hope that you guys have a good rest of the week. Oh, hey, uh, h- here's one thing. First of all, 
if you listen to this Friday, Friday night, interesting game to pay attention to. TCU is playing SMU. Friday, <laughs> Friday night. Next week. We play SMU. Ohio State plays TCU, and we play SMU. Yeah. Two so, teams that we might want to keep your eye on. Right? Yes. So that could be very interesting just to kind of see how TCU and SMU match up and then how Ohio State and Michigan match up against those same teams. Yep. So keep that in mind. And also, we hope you guys have a great weekend. We hope you guys enjoy the game. Hope that's good, fun, positive. Drive and travel safe uh, if you're going anywhere to watch the game or anything like that. But also, I, I really feel like we're going to have to em- – that this is going to be an emphasis all throughout the year. Jim Harbaugh is not going to tell us anything. <laughs> right. So take yep. it, take it again, like saying just before, take it at face value. You're not, you're Jim Harbaugh is going to show his stuff on the field. He's not going to give it away in a press conference. No, move on. Yep. Move along. Move along. Right. All right. Well, thank you guys. We always appreciate our listeners and it was Marissa, wasn't it? Yep. Thank you, Marissa, for being a new listener. Thank you for connecting with us, and that's very awesome to hear that you uh, enjoy the show. Uh, coming at you each and every week, ever since 2015, we have not missed a single week since nope. like the first week of September in 2015. We are on a The first time that we got on started this is when Jim Harbaugh was hired. Yep, yep. The the his first season when he started. Yeah, we started it. Yep. Um, so, and we haven't missed a week yet, even, and oh, I pray to God that the stupid computer stuff gets fixed. So hopefully we won't have any issues with that moving forward. We always find a way to do it though. If I have to record it on my phone, I will record it on my phone and we'll do something with it. Yep. So, yep. all right. That's enough out of me. We got to wrap this up. Cool. Thank you. Guys. Uh, thank you guys. Uh, hope you guys have a good one. We'll finish things off with go blue. Go blue.